when it comes to law enforcement in America, people have so many different views and opinions. You got people that will look at white law enforcement officers and think they just out there killing black young men, black people. You got black people that look at black law enforcement officers and they think they'll sell out like Uncle Tom's. But do they really know what these men and women go through when they're on their job? How they risk their lives for someone they don't even know, no matter what color they are? I really wish America would wake up and see what exactly the good men and women in law enforcement go through on a daily basis. I have three young men here that go and explain an ordeal that they went through while they was on duty doing their job with the public. And I hope you listen to this very carefully and really close your eyes and take in what they are saying and realize how dangerous it is to be a police officer. Yeah, you may say that, well, they chose that line of work. Yeah, that's true. They did choose that. But could you listen to what they have to say on this episode of Chin Wagon with Rock? Hope you enjoy. Alright, today we have Zach. Hey, how you doing? Breon. What's good? Mason. Hello. They all are law enforcement. Zach and Mason work for a sheriff department and Breon works for a police department. Zach, have you ever worked for a police department? I have. So what's the difference in a police department and a sheriff department? There's several differences. For one, most of the time the sheriff's department handles all the civil service paperwork, takes care of the jail and maintaining the jail, serving warrants, and uh, maintaining courtroom security. Police departments don't do any of that. Okay. But as far as policing, is there, are there a difference in policing when it comes to a sheriff's department and a police department? No. No? Not really. Okay. Breon. You ever worked for a sheriff's department? I worked at a jail, if that. Well, it's the same thing. Well, I can kind of see that kind of sort of, but not really. Yes or no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mason, have you ever worked for a police department? I have. You have? Can you shed any kind of light on what Zach said as far as the differences? Either way, they're both there to protect the public and enforce the laws. There's not really a straight answer to it and the differences in which either one of them provides. Okay, all right. Well, since both of y'all said there's not really a difference, what about jurisdiction? <laughs> Is there a difference in jurisdiction? And when I say jurisdiction, I mean, like, if you have an address that's out in the county and you work for a police department, can you go answer that call as a police officer? I reckon it really depends on if those officers that work for that police department are sworn to the sheriff's office for a mutual aid agreement. Good answer. Okay. If they aren't, then no, they can't respond outside the city. Okay, but if you work for a shared department, can you respond within the city? Yes. Yes. Uh, so that's one difference that y'all failed to say. So there is a difference, huh? Yeah. 
Okay, okay, okay. Let's let, let's try something else. Breon, can you chase to the wheels fall off? It's the one run from you. You have a ten eighty. Can you chase until the wheel fall off? No, I cannot. Oh, so Zach and Mason, when y'all was at the police department, could y'all chase until the wheels fall off? No. Oh, okay. Not with, not with the agency that I was with. Okay, all right, all right. So you were were you with the same agency Breon was with? No. Okay, so I'm kind of seeing that a police department. It's kind of different than a shared department in so many words. So now with the shared department, can y'all chase until the wheels fall? It's kind of a double-edged question. It really depends on the situation. And what do you mean by that? Explain the situation. The se- when, when can you do that? The severity of, the, of, of what's going on, honestly. It, that's, what, that's what it really boils down to. So when you mean severity, you mean as the far as... The crime that took place, why they're running, why you think they're running, what you can prove they were running for. Okay. I, you know, I heard a little rumor, and since y'all three in law enforcement, let me know if this is true or not. I heard that police officers love to chase. That someone can just go out the back door, start running, y'all automatically start chasing them. Or someone pull up at a red light and jump out and start running, y'all like, ooh, y'all ears pop up, y'all start chasing them like a, like, like a little hound dog. Is that really true? Do police officers love to chase? Brian. I mean, it's not that we love to chase, but... But what? It draws our attention. If you're at a red light, you jump out of the car and take off running, legally, I can't chase you. I mean... But you want to. It gets my attention going. That was my question. Why you, so do you want to? Or do something inside you make you want to just run after them and, yeah, and then question, me, like, what you... Yeah, for me, it does, yeah. Okay, Mason, what about this for you? Someone take off running, you, you want to go after them? I do for certain reasons. It, it like kind It kind of depends on... Your suspicion goes up, like, what has this person committed in the past few hours or minutes that has led this person to run? Are they a, a public safety risk? That's my reason for wanting to. Okay, but your reason for wanting to, is there a legal reason that you can chase? If they just stopped out, uh, just jumped out of the car, no. That hurt, doesn't it? I mean, you know someone running for a reason, but you can't go after them and see why they're running because legally you're like, Ugh, it's not against the law to run. No. How that make you feel, Zach? When you see somebody take off running, you you itch it and go see, find out why. why well, you... I'm I'm like Mason. It makes me wonder what's what's taking place over the last little bit that would make them want to run. Why they're acting that way in the presence of a law enforcement officer it makes you want to know what took place. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it's a, it's an adrenaline thing too when it comes to it, anybody that works in this career, whether it be law enforcement, fire, EMS, public safety, we're adrenaline junkies. That's what we are. Okay. All right. Um, something that I failed to do because I was kind of excited, excited about this podcast, I do have a guest co-host. Uh, <laughs> her name is Dana Dane. You have heard her on previous episode. Uh, Ms. Dana, I do apologize. Please accept no, my apologies. No, it's accepted. No problem. I just wanted to jump in on... Uh, the law enforcement and that being something that you have some suspicious about, like why why are they running at that moment? Because a citizen, I would see someone jump out of a car. Yeah, I'm thinking, whoa, what's going on with them? But I don't want to chase them. So I kind of like what you just said. Maybe the job that you all have, it is your adrenaline junkies. It is part of it. And I also wanted to ask, is that kind of part of your training to have an eye for, I guess, things of that nature. You're, Absolutely. Yeah, you're That's always on alert. You're trained to always be on alert. Okay. Any yeah. little thing, like you said, like they both said, 
why are you running? Because right. of my presence. Mm-hmm. We need to figure out what's going on. Another thing, are, th- are they running because they don't want to be in the presence of law enforcement, or are they running because they are in trouble? Right, okay. okay. Or they are the victim of a crime. Mm-hmm. And they might not see you, mm-hmm. and they're just trying to get away from whatever situation they're in. Like the scenario you gave, they jumped out of a car and took off running. Mm-hmm. Well, what if that was a domestic and they were the victim inside the car? Right. right. <laughs> exactly. Good yeah, and that's yeah. a good point. That so, like I said, a citizen looking up somebody running, like hmm, they running, they think nothing, on, right? right? Law enforcement see mm-hmm. even if they off duty, mm-hmm. they, they want to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks. I, I got a question, Zach. Why did you get into law enforcement? That's a long story. Mm-hmm. Short it, please. <laughs> <laughs> just just give us the small version of it. Uh, basically, prior to law enforcement, I was in EMS. And I ran a couple calls, and, and one sticks out very distinctly in my mind where several children were killed by a drunk driver. And I was the only one there for a while, which led me, it gave me this desire to be on the other side of that to try to prevent that from happening ever again. Because that affected me a lot. And I went through a little bit of trouble with it. So that's, that's really the main reason why I jumped ship with the EMS and tried to get on with law enforcement. Wow. So, yeah, that's kind of amazing that you EMS slash law enforcement. I think that's a big plus and a positive because yeah. I was on shift with you. I loved it because if I get shot, I know you can handle shit. You can put patch up that hole instead of sitting there panicking. Like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? Hey, call call me an ambulance. That's, that's that's good to have. That yeah, training. yeah, that's great to have that. Mm-hmm. That's great. Breon, why did you get in law enforcement? I, okay, I'm, I'm gonna start calling him Breon because that bothered me. I call <laughs> I called him Buster. He's my son. Yeah, sound weird. Yeah, so I, I'm gonna cut little Breon. But if when I say Buster, you know who I'm talking to. So Buster, why did you get into law enforcement? Well, my reasoning is not as dramatic as his. I didn't see anything like that. I did it because my, you've been in it all my life. So that's all I've always seen. And I feel like I can, in law enforcement, you can reach more people. You can mm-hmm. actually help more people. I'm a, if you want to say a DUI cop, I feel like I can prevent more casualties or homicides by being law enforcement, by working DUIs. So you consider yourself a DUI cop? Yes, I do. What about you, Zach? What you, what you consider yourself as if no. you had to pick some? At the very beginning of my career, yes, I was a DUI cop all day long. Mm-hmm. And and I still enjoy working DUIs every now and then, but it's not my main focus anymore. What? It's not my main focus anymore. What's your main focus now? I actually kind of enjoy the domestic stuff. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, I know. That's going to shock you. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Cause I, I got a bag up. When I was on the road, you know, that was my thing. I love domestic. I love the cost. I hated traffic. So now you don't flip the script. You think your age got something to do with it? Probably. Yeah, it's gotten old. <laughs> but it has another, I mean, there, there's a different aspect of law enforcement when you start looking into domestics and you start looking into property crimes and you start looking into stuff like that. There's some more investigative things that go into it. A DUI, yeah, I mean, there's some investigating that goes into it, but most of the time you walk up to a window of somebody who just ran off the road 15 times in the span of a mile and you smell alcohol, eh, that's a DUI. All right. It's easy. Okay, okay. Mason, why did you get into law enforcement? First of all, no, I'm going to let you answer that. Why did you get into law enforcement? So my grandfather was in it uh, as I was growing up, and I my favorite memory of me and my grandfather was he would come home and I'd be at their house. He would have his arms out to hug me, and I'd skip him and go jump straight in the patrol car cutting off the <laughs> lights. Every day, I would. Wow. It, it was a... Uh, fascination for me and I looked at him as my hero because 
That's I, I seen all the good that he did back in the day, and that he is still doing since he is uh, still active <laughs> in law wow, enforcement. That is great. So, what what is your what you want to do best in law enforcement? You like the DUI? You like traffic? You like the calls? What you like best? So, I mainly focus on traffic because I've prior to law enforcement, I was also a firefighter. So what? Okay. So I like, I, I've, like Zach, I've seen the bad wrecks and what can happen just due to somebody being careless just on their phone or mm-hmm. just not paying attention. So I focus mainly on traffic, but I do enjoy the uh, the domestics and different calls because of the investigation standpoint from it. Cool. cool. I like the idea that they all had something different that they enjoy most about law enforcement. I agree. I agree. Okay, Zach, how old are you? Thirty. Buster? 29. Mason? 23. <laughs> Baby. 20. Yeah. Just turned 23. <laughs> Just turned 23. <laughs> Baby. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So how long have you been in law enforcement, Buster? Uh, five years. Now, when I say law enforcement, I, I want to count the jail also. Seven years. So seven years. When did you start, Mason? I started when I was 19. I was on the road patrolling at 19 years old. Hold on, no. Well, we. Uh, um, okay, I'm, I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> you, you was on the road patrolling at 19. Mm-hmm. With city of Baldwin. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know if I would have called that city because I don't. I'm not sure that was legal or not. 19. I graduated the academy uh, December of 2018. Okay. So when you came to Miles County, were you on the road? I worked the jail for three, four months, then... Until you turn what? 21. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I understand that. Let me ask you a question. Did they make you Did they make you leave your gun when you left work nope. at Bolt? No, they didn't? I had to take home a car and everything. Yeah, he was on the road. Well, yeah. I know, but people under the age of 21 can't possess a firearm. I didn't know if right. there was a difference. That's what I'm saying. You know, most people, most departments, if they got officers under 21, they have to turn the gun, gun, gun belt in at the end of the shift. Oh, but they can have their own shift, but then... Yeah. Well, in the state of Georgia, you can be mandated as an officer at eighteen. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to be proficient in firearms to be a mandated officer. Wow. You're working on shift. You, I guess, there's an exemption. Maybe I don't know. It has to be. I guess. Yeah, you right. It has to be. Yeah. I was only able to carry the firearm once I was uh, sworn in through the chief. Right. Then I was able to carry. Okay. Wow. Personally, I think nineteen way too young for you to be on the road. You just out of high school, you're young, your mind is thinking differently, you're hot-headed or you're not hot-headed, you're scary. I would have never put you on the road at 19. You can be 18 going to the military. I don't give a damn. What's the difference? It's a bit different to me because in the military, they're going to break your ass down. They're going to they gonna really, really tear you up inside. Police camp don't break you down. We all have been to the police camp. They don't break you down like the military will. So you think the military prepares you more for life it, or life situations? It has to. You killing somebody? You putting a trigger to take my life? A normal person can't do that. So they have to break you down and beat you back up in order to kill. Police academy? No. That's not. But see, here's here's my. No, if you not. want to know my opinion on that? Right I do there, want to know. Yeah, give me. I'm gonna give you my opinion. Okay. You talk about the military, and for lack of better terms, they brainwash you. Okay. They, they do. All right. It's more of a physical, physically demanding uh, career path. It's not something that you have to learn a lot to do. Like infantry, I, I've never been in the military, so I might be pissing off a lot of military. Oh, trust me, you are, this. but go ahead. Okay. 
and I'm not trying to, but what I'm trying to say is when you go to the police academy, you're learning how to deal with American citizens. You learn how to incorporate the law into different situations. It's not necessarily a physical, a, an extremely physical academy. Good point. Now, in the military, it's a, like you said, it's a breakdown. Yeah. They break point. you down. Good point. I like that good point. So how many years have you been in law enforcement? I graduated the academy in 2016. So you want me to do the math instead of you telling me how many years I want? <laughs> six years. Okay. All right. So we have six years, seven years, four, four years. Okay. All right. Now, it, you know, most of the time you can hear someone's voice and tell what color they are. But I work part-time at a, a PD and... And, and my, my little buddy Mason here, when I got on the radio, he thought I was an elderly white man on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in case anybody wondering, Zach is white, Buster is black, and Mason is white. Now, it's funny because you, I've heard that before. You do sound white. Okay, all right. That was hilarious. That was real funny. And the reason I described them and gave their ages and what they do is because we're going to have a topic that we're going to talk about. That BLM versus ALM. So when it comes to Black Lives Matter, Dana Dane, how do you feel about that? Oh, yeah. How do you feel about Black Lives Matter? And be honest, we, we know you're a citizen. You're the only citizen here at the table. You're not going to piss me. Huh? I mean, civilian or civilian. citizen? Oh, my bad. Wait, we're I all guess, citizens. Oh, I, we don't know that. <laughs> I mean, you got in a country making tone about her. I don't know. But thank you for correcting that. Yeah, you are a civilian. So how, how did you, honestly, how did you feel about it? Even when it was going on, how did you feel about it? Even if you feel about it, you feel differently now. Um, As a person on the outside looking in, or watching the media or listening to the stories that everyone told or talked about, it was very overwhelming. You didn't, well, I didn't know where to, <laughs> where to, what to believe, what to think, you know, it, and I think it was happening so frequently and so boldly and it was real it became quite scary because I have two African-American sons. So Black Lives Matter, Matters meant something, but I didn't know where to go with it. Okay, because one of your sons is, is kind of in law enforcement himself, and I say kind of because he's a firefighter paramedic, right? Yes, but mm -hmm. um, so he, he deals with law enforcement, and then he's a black male, and he's out there in the public even while all the Black Lives Matter uh, chaos was going on. So did, did you ever felt like white police was killing the black man? Just killing them just to be killing them? Did you ever feel that way? I don't, I don't think I ever just felt that. I just listened to the stories and wondered. Wondered what? Is it happening? Is there, are there white policers? police officers just killing black men wait let's find out about this story what did the black guy do or because a lot of times when you get stories from third parties or through the media you don't know everything that happened you only know what is being presented to you and that person or that situation could have been anywhere but 
that's that's news. That's how, or at least that's what they call news. Right. <laughs> and that's just what they put in our faces. So it's kind of, it's different. You you don't know what to think, but you try to be as logical as you can. Okay. Good point. Good point. To the police officers at the table, to the law enforcement, law enforcement. officers <laughs> at the table. Do y'all sometimes just wake up in the morning or wake up for shift and like, to Zach and Mason, wake up stretching like, I'm gonna keep me a nigga today. Do y'all ever think about that? No, not at it's all. It's ridiculous. All right, bosses. You ever wake up in the morning or shift and like, I'm gonna keep me a cracker today? <laughs> no. Don't even come across <laughs> your mind at all. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm not even a little bit. No. I mean, that's what America thinks. America honestly thinks. You can thank well, you, the media for that. Exactly. Yep. And then I know you're saying America, but you have to realize not only are we so diverse, there, there are some people that think this way and some that think another way. So I don't want you to be saying America thinks that way because that sounds like an inclusion of everyone. Can, I, can I say something? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. So here, here let, I want you to think about this. Do you know how many law enforcement officers there are in the United States? <laughs> millions. No. no. Oh, more than millions? No. Billions? No. Less. It's less than 100,000. Are you for real? It's around 800,000. Okay. I'm still alive. And you can, we, can look at a, we can pull up a Google search if you want to, but I'm telling you right now, in the last several years, they were saying it was just over 800,000, okay. and it's starting to go down. That's, that was going to be my okay. question. Tremendously. Actually. Tremendously. Yeah. Okay. 800,000 law enforcement officers in this country. Okay? That is a huge number. I know you're thinking millions, okay? Yeah. But still, think about 800,000 law enforcement officers. That's a huge number. That's actually. a huge number. You only hear about how many incidents. Right, right. Exactly. exactly. The ratio doesn't compare. No, it doesn't. But the media blow it up so they, much. They blast it in your face. Like right. That, so. But and see, I, I, I blame America also for, for riding that bandwagon. The media might show you something, but for you to jump on it, and be like, yeah, they wrong for doing that. Well, they talk about the majority of law enforcement officers being bad. Now, I'm not sitting here defending every law enforcement officer in this country. There's bad apples in every group. There's exactly. bad. There's bad plumbers. Yes. Right. They're bad doctors. Teachers. teachers. <laughs> yes. There's 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 bad people in every group of of any career. But that doesn't make the entire career. Thank bad. you. I agree. I totally agree. And I know some people listen to the podcast and claim that y'all are saying stuff just be saying because you're on the podcast. But I hope they can feel. In your voice, the honesty that y'all portray. I, I really hope they can feel that. And then logically you... thinking and understanding that right. everyone is not bad. Exactly. They're bad apples all over. But Tracy, how many times have you and I had conversations like this three o'clock in the morning? A lot mm-hmm. of times at the Golden Pantry. <laughs> when, we, when we weren't on a podcast. I agree. I totally agree. That 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 one of the reasons why I started the podcast because we don't have so many in depth conversations, and I feel like a lot of them conversations need to be heard. I really did. Now I remember you telling me you were going to do it. Exactly. <laughs> and here we are. And here we are, exactly. Okay, now, I'm going to start with Buster first. You've been on TV. Right. What what show was you on? Body Cam. Body Cam. That's on Discovery? Yes. Now, this is weird. I mean, but I'm going to see does he know or not. What season, what episode? Season three, episode six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Only because somebody asked me that three, four days ago, and I had oh. to look it up. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, now, the reason why you, you were on Body Cam 
is what? Just what happened? It was a car wreck outside my jurisdiction. The car overturned, and it was a entrapped female, and the car became it was on fire. Okay, all right. So you got a call over the radio that it was a entrapment, and they they said female. Yes, they can hear. Did they say what color? No. Oh, they didn't. Okay, so they didn't say what color, but they said a female. So while you were en route to that vehicle, what was going through your mind? Were you thinking like, I hope she black when I get there. If she black, I'm going to knock that one out. If she white, I'm just going to let her fry. be honest with you, I didn't think it was on fire. We get a lot of calls that a vehicle is on fire, and we get there. It's just an airbag that explodes. So the whole time getting there, I'm just going to secure the scene, see if I can get the lady out. But as soon as I topped the hill and I saw the orange glow, I knew it was something serious. So the whole time I'm thinking, whoever's in the vehicle, I need to get them out. I didn't care. You didn't think about no color. It never came across my mind. Never came across your mind at all? No. Okay, so when you got on scene and you saw who it was, did that affect your your actions? It did not. But probably, I hate to say this, but it probably affected it more is the fact that she was a female. Uh-huh. She was in a fetal position. She's given. She gave up, and uh-huh. I didn't. They didn't really sit well with me, because she's a female. I need to be there to protect her. Mm-hmm. That's any female that I come across. Oh, so doesn't matter what color—Mexican, white, Asian, Hong, Mong—doesn't matter. It's a woman to me. Okay, that, that's that's great. And you are law enforcement, and you thinking that way. Okay. All right. All right. Sounds great. So so you proceed to try to get her out. By what? <laughs> Smashing the front window shell out. Mm. The front window shell. What kind of tool you had to do that with? I had a flashlight in my hands. So now you're Superman. So I'm you, sorry. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so now you're Superman. So you're trying to bust out a window with your fist. Yeah, the flashlight. I was using the flashlight at first, but it slipped out my hand and. I just felt like I didn't have enough time. I'm not a firefighter. I didn't know exactly how much time I had. She was, I'm looking at her. You can look at her. She's crying. She's sobbing. You can hear her. It just, I had to get her out. So next thing I had were my fist and just. But but, but the, the car was on fire. You could have died. It could have blew up right there and there and killed both of y'all. Yeah, that came across my mind. But yet, but yet you stayed trying to get her out. I felt like I can get her out before the car blew. I'm not. I'm not going to turn my back on. Why not? You're an officer. You got to go home to your kids and everything. You, I don't get what you're saying. You, it's your life or her life. What make you want to? You're not Superman. You're not Batman and Robin. What? When I, whenever I put that uniform on, I hate to say it, but I do feel that way. I feel like I have a calling. I got to do everything I can to fulfill my calling. I'm there. She sees me there. I need to make sure she knows I'm here to help her. No matter what happens, I can get burned, killed. My kids know, hey, my dad did this for a woman. So if I did die, everything would be okay. She would have got out of that car, period. That was my whole mindset. Nice, nice job. I appreciate that. That's your job. So you feel like that's your job to save her? Yes. <clears throat> Even though she was a white woman, to yes. save her? Yes. Mm-hmm. So she had been a black woman. Would you have done anything differently? No. It would have been the exact same, hopefully the same outcome, able to get her out of the car. Okay. Zach and Mace, 
Now, y'all's story is, is a slight different. Mason, that night that your incident happened, that you getting ready to describe, what were you doing before it actually took off? What were you doing? Honestly, I was heading up to the McDonald's to get something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, now, McDonald's is out of Madison County. <laughs> okay, you were heading up to McDonald's to get something to eat. Okay, now continue. As I was just going down the road, this Jeep turned in front of me. And when it happened, of course, it drew my interest. And I planned on making a traffic stop on the, on the vehicle. It was a black Jeep. And... I was going to get out with him and just be like, let's be more careful next time. Not not going to write you a ticket. I'm not that great on, or big on writing tickets. It's more of gaining compliance on however that be, a warning, a ticket, or an arrest, depending on the situation. Um, so I turned and followed the vehicle and cut the blue lights on just to proceed to... Hold on, let me stop you right there. So what you're telling me is... Your mind was already preset what you were going to do. Yeah. He was in a hurry to get food. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to McDonald's. Look, y'all put out in front of me, but I'm going to go ahead and just give you a little warning. Don't do that shit no more. I'm going to give me food. Okay. I, I, so do most officers do that? When y'all get ready to pull mind over, your mind is preset. How you going to handle that call? Yeah, for me it is. Not me. See, for me it is too. I, I'm, I'm, my mind is set how I'm going to do it, and they can either talk their way into a ticket yeah. or just go the way I had in my mind. So you're... Then you then your mind's not already set before you stop them. Then if you letting them talk no, but what I'm saying like like what Mason said, they did an infraction. They mm-hmm. ran a stop sign. All right, I'm gonna give this one a warning. That's what I'm saying when I turn my lights on. So I'm gonna give them a warning. But I get the, I ain't with no stop sign. What the hell are you talking about? I'll be right back. <laughs> that warning turned into a ticket. Yeah, you're right because of the attitude. Yeah. But I had my mind preset. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, finish your story. Well, well back to that though, Tracy. Mm-hmm. To me, it also depends on the violation. Because, yes, that is a serious violation because it could have got that person or persons in the situation killed. Mm -hmm. And that is my thinking behind it. Like, let's pay a little bit more attention because I don't want you to end up in a grave. Right. That's my thinking to it. Okay. Um, But back to it, as I cut on the blue lights to perform the traffic stop, the vehicle started to flee. They sped up to excessive 100 miles an hour and began to flee from, from me as I was pursuing them. Could you see the driver yet? I could not see the drivers. So you didn't know they were black or white? I think it's important to note this was night shift. Yes. Okay, thank you. Yeah, it was at nighttime. Good, good at, point. This was at nighttime after midnight, wasn't it? Yes. About around 1, 2 o'clock in the morning? I believe so. Good point, good point. So you didn't see the drivers? Not at all. So you didn't know they were black or white? Nope. Didn't know male, female, black, white, Mexican, nothing. You're a white cop chasing... You supposed to know you're chasing black boys, right? Black people... You. So you just... Oh, you, so you just doing your job. <laughs> Right. Okay. Tracy, how long have you been in law enforcement? Let's go back to that. 20 years. All right. How many cars have you stopped at night and said, I know exactly what color this person is? Probably about three. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. That, that, that's great. Okay, Corey, here's your story. As we're traveling down the road at excessive 100 miles an hour, uh, as we're pursuing, of course, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, how long can I keep this up before it comes a very... I don't want to put this until it becomes dangerous a, a dangerous situation to the public. Right. Of course, as law enforcement officers, we all think all, all the same. What time of the day it is, how much traffic's on the road, we weigh out the odds yes. on should we pursue this person for a simple traffic citation 
or should we just let it go and call it a day and I'm going back to McDonald's. Right. At that time of night, nobody's on the roadway. I chose to pursue and keep going. After a few minutes of running, we entered Clark County and in a residential neighborhood, we made a few circles in that residential uh, residential neighborhood. Did you know where you were? I did not. <laughs> not at all. And I made sure my dispatch knew that I did not know where I was. You had left you had left Madison County and was in Clark County. At Correct. The time. Right, but that residential neighborhood did not have a clue where he was. And luckily, honest, luckily, I knew where he was because not two weeks prior to that, we had a car, had a chase that we chased a four wheeler into that exact same neighborhood. See, wow. That that was that, that was, was great. Plus. Yes, that yeah. was a plus. So normally we have the GPSs on our computers where we can track everybody that's working. A lot of times it doesn't work. Right, right. And that night that particular night, he wasn't on the computer. Oh I was whoa. logged in, it just was no, not no, showing no. it. It yeah. wasn't moving. Yeah, it wasn't mm. his GPS wasn't wasn't right. working. Oh wow. wow. So the only reason why I knew where he was was when he said Catapa. I was like, okay, that's where we chased that four wheeler the other night. That's great. Oh, wow. uh, that's great that you that, that was a great connection there. Okay, go ahead. As we circled the residential neighborhood, this was a, more of a trailer park area. I already made up my mind that I was going to call off the chase because at this point I was worried about either the vehicle running into a house or something out of out of what I was imagining could happen. Mm-hmm. As we topped the hill of one of the roads we've already been down, <laughs> I started to slow down and I was getting ready to call it off, and I see the Jeep go up in the air. The front of the Jeep, the driver didn't make the turn, and I would believe probably about 60 to 70 miles an hour hit a tree head on. Oh, my. This is an image that I will forever have in my head. It's I, I can never get this out. It's something I always think about. But to see the Jeep completely make a 180 turn in the air to where the back of the Jeep was hanging up in the tree. Wow. And it was instantly just engulfed in fire. Now, when, when you saw that, what the first thing that came to your mind? Oh, shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Did, did, did you think that they were, they were dead? I mean, what? Because that's, that's a scene to see. In that standpoint, it... it of course, I did. Th- I thought the worst, and right. personally, that's how I think. Anyways, I always think of the worst situation, but Hope plan for, for the plan for the worst, hope for, hope the, for best. the best. Mm-hmm. As I exited my patrol car and ran over to him, I heard a male screaming for help, and the screams coming from the jeep, you could tell they were being burnt from the legs. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, I believe I pulled the passenger out through the. Side window. Yeah, and you thought that was all was in the car. It was the, the roof, the sunroof. The sunroof. That's right, that's right. The sunroof. Right. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. Now, you thought that was the only person in the car because I, I've seen the video, and I'm going to tell you, y'all how to see the video once we end this podcast, but I saw the video, and you thought that was the only person in the car, which I could totally understand because after watching the video, you couldn't see anyone else. It's like that was it. Fire, smoke. Right. So now, now, Zach. And you hear this going on on the radio. Correct. And as were, were, were you by yourself? Yes. I was the only one in the chase at this time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, as you seeing, as you hearing this going on, on on the radio, you starting to make your way towards mm-hmm. him, correct? When I, I heard him, I heard him go uh, out with a traffic stop. And then, uh, you know, obviously, he told dispatch that they were fleeing. I wasn't very far 
from where he was at at the time, I was on Seagraves Mill Road, right at Sanford Road. Right so I mean, I wasn't very far from. I was in Hull. He was in Hull. So I started heading that way, and I was just trying to listen to the radio traffic. At that time, we were still an analog system. We hadn't upgraded to digital, so the radio traffic was kind of sporadic. I was the corporal that night. The sergeant was on the other side of the county. Sergeant couldn't hear any of the radio traffic that was going on. I could hear it because I was closer to him. So I was just I was trying to figure out exactly where he was at because I couldn't see him on the GPS because it was because it was down. And I kept hearing him say that we're circling a neighborhood and it was going in and out. And then I heard him say they just ten fiftied, which means they they crashed. Right. And then he said vehicles on fire. Mm. And dispatch had called on, and I was I was crossing the Clark County line at that point, driving blind. I had no idea where Where'd I was going. going. Had no idea where to go. You were in a spare that night. So. I was in a truck, yeah, because my patrol car had broke down. So I was already in a disadvantage because those trucks don't go very fast. Right. Wow. And then he said, I heard, it was really garbled, but I heard him say, Catapa, Catapa Drive. And I knew exactly where I needed to go. Right. So I started heading that way. And as I was turning on to Catapa, he come over the radio and he said, I got him out. So I was like, okay, good. And then he said, I've got one more. So when he said that, what? I, 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 I don't want to say I panicked, but that, that adrenaline that just dumped when he said I got him out, and I was like, okay, everyone's going to be all right. And then he said, but there's one more. Adrenaline right back to the roof. Shot back up. So you're talking, about, you're talking about your high, your low, mm-hmm. and then your high again in less than 10 seconds. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right, I'm going to stop you right there. Mm-hmm. Now, Mace. You, they crash out. You jump out your vehicle. Now, I know how a 1080 is. You're in a 1080. You, you, it's like a dog chasing a rabbit. Now, the dog chasing a rabbit, chasing a rabbit, and all of a sudden, you got to tell that dog to stop chasing that rabbit. That's kind of hard to do. So you're in chase mode, and you got to flip that chase mode off into to survival mode to, to save to them. Yeah, thank you. I couldn't get out of here. <laughs> to, to rescue mode. Now... I know how dangerous that can be. So when you exit your car after they crash, what the first thing you did? First instincts is obviously the way we were trained. Mm-hmm. This is a fleeing suspect. Mm-hmm. Of course, I grabbed my firearm because I don't know if that person is still alive and has a, a firearm trained at me, ready to shoot me as I approach. Exactly. Their last act may be to kill a police officer or sheriff's deputy before they go as well. Because right. you don't know why they're running. Right. Right. Okay, that, that's great to hear. So you had your gun out. I mean, think about it. The traffic stop was for uh, a moving violation, a very simple moving violation. Mm-hmm. But he very well could have been chasing murderers. Mm-hmm. So true. So very true. It turns so- out that he was actually chasing people who had stolen that Jeep. Wow. Wow. So when you got out your car, you had your gun drawn. And when you saw, when did you know what color to drive? When, when did you know what color you were dealing with? Honestly, it wasn't until I started to drag the passenger out. Due to the fire and all the smoke, you couldn't see nothing. Right. I'm reaching in a burning car blind, don't know what I'm grabbing until I feel basically flesh and then a jacket and I start dragging out. You and even even then in that moment, I'm I never even said, Okay, well I got a black man I'm dragging out. I just know I'm dragging out a male. Why would you risk your you said the vehicle's on fire and flames was everywhere. Why would you risk your life for somebody that was running from the police? They were committing a crime and you risking your life to save them? At Why? The, at the end of the day, I don't care. 
my wife, my kid, I mean, granted he is only eight months, they know that when I go to work, don't always expect me to come home because I will gladly give my life up for some random stranger if it helps any other family. This is because this is what I wanted to do. This is my job. I'm public safety. I'm a law enforcement officer. At the end of the day, that does not matter to me. Giving my life up for that somebody else may live, that's just how it is for me. Now, see, public safety. That, that should go deep because, once again, ALM versus BLM, and you sitting here chasing criminals, thank you, chasing criminals, and then turn around and rescuing those same criminals that you were chasing, but yet black lives matter. And you a white cop. You could have easily saw that car crash out. Yo, Madison, I need an ambulance and a fire truck out here. I'm sitting back waiting till they get here. Easily. Either one of y'all could have easily done that because that's not your job. It's a fire now. Y'all could have done that and been very well justified in doing so. But the difference is, Tracy, is there's a human life at stake. No matter what this person has done, this is still somebody's baby. This is still somebody's son, parent, people anybody. Make mistakes. Yeah. People make mistakes. And, and it doesn't matter. Facts unknown to us at the time, obviously we can't base any decision-making off, of off of those facts. You don't know them at the time. But what we did know at the moment was that they were guilty of a moving violation. No one deserves to die for something like that. <laughs> for a moving violation, no doubt. No, no doubt. one deserves to... to and, murder, maybe. Right. Then you then you deserve the death penalty. Right. Other than that, other than that, that's... But it's still not our judgment. That, exactly. That is, it's not, and, our, it's not our thing to be able to say yes or no to that. No, that's just, that's just a personal opinion. But my, my point being is that at the end of the day in that situation... No one, obviously, it's rescue mode at that point because no. you don't want to see anybody die. You don't want no. to see anyone die. Everybody thinks they want to slow down and turn their head and look at that wreck as they drive by because they want to see somebody else in crisis. But the moment they see someone dead and mangled and burned, they wish they would have never seen it. Exactly. Right. I agree. I agree. So now you don't reach in and you don't pull one guy out and you feeling that heat, you feeling that pain. Was it a hard time putting him out or he just popped right out? Compared to the driver, the passenger was a lot easier because he was still able to somewhat move. He still was injured, but his adrenaline was going, and he was able to help me get him out. He was able to crawl and all that. Of course, once we got out, I had to drag him because I believe the passenger's leg may have been broken. Mm. His his leg, and I also believe his pelvis was broken too. Right. And see, and when I watched that video, you know, I. Yeah, he had a compound femur fracture. That's right. Yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. I remember. I, I watched that video with, with Mason's um, body cam, and a few things came to mind, and probably I'm, I'm Monday morning quarterback is what I'm doing. When Mason had his gun out, said, show me your hand, show me your hand, then when he decided to put that gun up, he really risked his life then because he, t- he made the conscious decision to put the gun up and go to a rescue mode. That guy easily could have Put a hand on do do do. Time he knew he put his gun up easily, and then when Mason was reaching inside to pull that one guy out, didn't realize another guy was in there. Now his hand is full of this guy. The other guy in there could have jumped up, bam bam bam, and killed Mason. 
the job is so dangerous and for the public to sit here, not all the public, but for a lot of the public to sit here and talk about defund the police, how they don't care about anything, that pisses me off so badly because I understand how dangerous this job can be and they act like they don't realize that. Actually, they don't. And I'm glad yeah. you say that. I'm glad you gave the explanation. When you were speaking just then, um, I had my eyes closed just listening to your passion and the explanation and the and how you connected with Mason and just the understanding of it because I'm on the outside looking at we actually don't understand that or get right. that so a lot of times it's personal opinions that just fall into place That's from half stories yeah mm -hmm. and and then it just goes from there so, so you right. can't really blame mm -hmm. you can't blame the outside if they don't know right. it's our job to educate them Mm -hmm. Every time I do a traffic stop, I educate uh, on why I pulled you over. I get a lot of people tell me, you just bored, huh? Nah, you're <laughs> speeding, bro. That's why I pulled you over. It's the reason why I pulled you over. I can't just pull you over because I'm bored. Then I talk to them and explain to them. I feel like that reaches more people. If you, sit, if you take the time and talk to them after you make contact with them, word of mouth will spread. That person may tell their father. That father may tell their cousin, and it just spreads. That's how we can reach it. And we get rid of the news media, but that's this. And and speaking of education, I I'm a teacher, and we just had career day, and of course we had <laughs> law enforcement and uh, firefighters and so many other people there, and that was a moment for educating mm -hmm. them, even at the elementary level. And I agree with you, because we don't know as citizens being educated on law enforcement and other things of that nature, it does help. Great point. Thank Can I ask you, Buster a question? Oh, yeah, please. So, because I try to do that too when I stop people. I try to educate them on the laws and why I stopped them and, and you know, what they need to be more mindful of. Right. But when you do that, how, how do you get good feedback a lot of times or do you get negative feedback from these people? I'm in a good area. We, we have a lot of support for police. So, depending on why I pulled them over and who I pulled over, if they're not high or drunk, I get a good feedback. They always say thank you. I get compliments. They go to my chief and tell him all the time. That's, he always explain things. That's a great job. That's a great officer. So that's why I continue to do what I do. I feel like in my community in Auburn, I can reach more people because they are, I hate to say it, but they're a little bit more open-minded. Open-minded. That's good. So I can reach mm -hmm. them. That's good. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not so fond of what you said because I blame the public. You can't be so close-minded and stupid and just flow on the bandwagon. You need to learn yourself. Like what Dana Dane said, when you see something on the news, what did that young man do for the, the cop to do that? That's what I want the public to do. <clears throat> Not sit there and be like, oh, man, he's trying. See, that's just wrong because people get into their feelings. They get into their emotion, and they don't think. Right. And that bothers me. It bothers me to know when I, I, I got an issue with it. A lot of it, though, is also stand from – them having a bad encounter yeah. with a police officer mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or sheriff's mm -hmm. deputy. That's where a lot of it comes from, and, so I, and I've seen both. And it, you try to explain, like, I'm, I can't tell you why that person did the way they did, mm -hmm. but this is why I'm here today. This is why I'm speaking with you. you got a good point. And a lot of times um, something they may have had a bad encounter, so that also affects that family. Mm -hmm. So they tell that, yeah. that mom was hurt or that dad was hurt or sister lost a brother or mom lost a son. So it kind of spreads that way. Just the way you do when you're um, educating them, 
in hopes that they tell a right. relative or a friend so they can be right. educated on that side. So both yeah. ways. I, I agree, but so many times I I've polled this a few times. P O L L. I've polled this a few times and a lot of people I talk to, they haven't had any bad experience with police officers. But they go about what their friend did. And now they that got it in their heart. Yeah, and to me that's wrong. If if how can you give me an example of a how can you tell me something bad when you haven't experienced it yourself? <laughs> and, and and that that's what bothers me because like you said that it's eight hundred thousand police officers. It's not eight hundred thousand bad police officers. It's not. Right. So the, the the one or two or a thousand that may be bad, it's so it's so many more that's that's better. And mm-hmm. and people need to focus on that. Then focus on the negative, but I guess that's human nature. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's human nature. Yeah. All right, so back to your pulling out. Now, you realize it, it, it was a black person. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, the way that came out. <laughs> okay, Mason, only you. <laughs> Mason, back to your story. Well, back to your story. Pulling out, that was funny. But uh, twice. <laughs> So you, you you know it's a black guy. You you went into rescue mode. You, you pull out. You realize it's another one. By that time, Zach, you on scene, correct? Correct. And and when you get on scene, the scene that you saw, explain what went through your head. Well, I initially I was thinking to myself, this is not going to this is not going to end well. Exactly. Um, you know, and like I said just a little while ago, when he said that I had got him out. And I was thinking, okay, everything's going to be good. And then he said, I have one more. And then that adrenaline went right back through the roof. And then when I come around the corner and I see the flames underneath the car, and I know we got another person in there, and, the, and that Jeep was just mangled. I mean, you oh, couldn't wow. even describe it as a Jeep anymore because it didn't look like a Jeep anymore. Mm. It just looked like a twisted ball of steel. Mm. Um, so my first instinct was, my first thought was, this isn't going to end well. So I got out of my of my truck that I was in, and I just I took off running. <clears throat> and I remember running right past Mason, and he said, "Help me! I've got one more in the car." I looked in, I looked through the sunroof, and I couldn't couldn't see anything because there was already fire in the cab at that point. And I run walked around, or run around to the side, and I looked through the passenger window. That I don't know how the passenger window was still intact after hitting a tree at 70 miles an hour, but it was. <laughs> wow! And I could see a an outline of a body and then flames are on the other side of him well my i just i grabbed my little baton and i started hitting the window and it was like i didn't even realize i was like in autopilot mode at that mm-hmm. point i don't even i don't remember right now other than watching from watching the video exactly how many times i hit the glass because i just don't remember but i know once it shattered i threw it and i don't know where it went my sergeant found it later, and he brought it back to me because it was hours later when I figured out that I didn't have it anymore. Oh, man. Okay, I'm going to ask you this, and, and you, you too. You pulled one guy out. The one guy you pulled out was verbal. Y'all didn't hear nothing else. So the other guy went like, hey, get me too. It was silent. So did y'all think he was dead? He was over there dead? No, I didn't think he was dead because when I got there, I did hear him like moan. Oh, yes. oh okay. 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 I did hear him make a, make a noise. And it was like one of those, you could you could tell he was burning and you could smell it. Okay, you could, you could smell it. But for him not to be like, oh, I'm on fire, you know, like screaming and yelling. Maybe he got knocked out or something and was trying to come to He had a serious head injury, did he not? Yours. Yours, yours, yours had a serious head yeah, injury. Yeah, yours was like, wow. <clears throat> And then I, I couldn't imagine, but being, in a sense, maybe 
tangled in the car at the same time. He well, could so, have been knocked out. Well, see, he was tangled. Mm-hmm. And and when I looked through the sunroof, which is the way Mason got the first one out, I, like I said, I could see the outline of him, and I could see where his legs were, and I could see how the steering column was mm-hmm. actually bent down over the top of his legs. Mm-hmm. He would have never came out of the sunroof. Got it. Mm. Now, mm-hmm. you know, Mason, Mason's been a firefighter. I'm sure you've been through extrication. You've cut cars up. You've done all that. I've tricks. done all that. We've done extrication. I knew for a fact we were not going to get that person out the sunroof of that car with the way it was mangled the way that it was. Mm-hmm. So that's why I went to the passenger side window and started hitting, hitting it with my baton trying mm-hmm. to break it. At that point, once the glass broke, I just reached in and I said, come over here, come over here. And, and he he kind of leaned back because his back was towards me and his legs were towards the steering wheel and I grabbed him underneath his arms and was trying to pull him and he was hung. Mm. <clears throat> and at that the, point... The moment ahead. he was hung, what went through your head like... I'm, oh. about, I'm about to watch another person burn alive. Oh, That's the very first thing that's thought that went through my mind. And I'm going to tell you, at this point in time, I didn't know he was black. I didn't know he was white. I didn't know... I just knew it was a, it was a guy because it was that... I couldn't see... It was, too, it was too much smoke. I couldn't mm-hmm. see, and you know, I just knew it was a male because I could hear his voice. Right. So when I realized that he, wasn't, I, he was stuck and he was saying, get me out, get me out, get me out, I could see the fire coming up around his legs, mm. and it was burning his, burning his pants on his thigh. Mm. <clears throat> so I looked over, I, I looked at Mason, and I said, go get a fire extinguisher. Well, that's going to cause a whole new set of problems because if he did find the fire extinguisher before I got him out, which he didn't because it was in a spare car and I had a mound of stuff in the driver's passenger seat. Very not good at organizing. No, no. Well, I am when I had my regular car, but I just had to throw everything in that truck. Yeah. That was going to, the fire extinguisher was going to cause a whole other slew of problems because even if he did use it, it was going to be very difficult to work with him trying to get him out breathing that stuff in. Oh, not even wow. then, but with, with the fuel and the oil going on, it wasn't going to be a fix. No, it, it was, was going to be a band-aid on a very big open oh, wound. Oh, wow. It, it was going to be, it was going to get us by a couple seconds. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that was going to be it. Not even, I wouldn't even say a full 60 seconds. I would say less than 30. Man, dude. Okay. So while Mason was trying to get, trying to find the, the fire extinguisher, I remember I was still pulling him and he was saying, stop, stop, stop. Because I, did, I didn't know at the time, but his femur was broken as well. So every time I pulled him, you can imagine it was the just pain. Yeah, it was yes. painful because his legs were hung up under the steering column. And I told him, I said, man, I can't stop. You're going to burn alive if I do or something, like, something to yeah, that effect. Yeah, you did, something mm-hmm. to that effect. That's when I looked over his shoulder and I realized exactly how his leg was tangled under there. And I actually reached in and grabbed his pants leg like right below his knee. And I started jerking on it, and it came loose. Wow. And when it came loose, I pulled him out, and he fell onto the ground. And then I grabbed him, and I started pulling him, and then I fell because we're on a gravel hill. (laughs) And then Mason, I yelled at Mason, I got him out. And Mason come back over there, and I remember looking up at Mason and saying, help me get him away. Now, I know people don't know this, but you got to try to think about this. The exhaustion that you two guys had, you three guys had, trying to get that person. That's we all the business police came. We had to drag that that that, that dummy. Yeah. That ain't no joke. 
And then and, and you really going through that and you're trying to and pull. Your adrenaline. Right. And, and then you got a fire, fire right there yeah. that you're trying to fight against. So you're trying to put them out, put them out. So then when you find them, I know you just collapse like, shit, I'm tired. I mean, you know, but then you, you can't stop right there. You don't have time to stop. Right, right. You don't have time to stop. You like when with Underwood and that young lady, she fell and you like ran like come on, you know, you gotta keep moving. Yeah, you're you not safe here, you gotta, you gotta keep, keep moving. Keep going, yeah. That just wow, that that's amazing. It, it really uh, it really uh, now for that person who crashed that, it was a mobile home right there. Mm-hmm. With a big tree in the front yard. So if that tree wasn't there, they would have went through that mobile home. Mm-hmm. It was someone living in the mobile home? Yes. Yes. It took me forever to wake them up. They actually had no idea what, what? was going After on. After that crash, they were... <laughs> wow. Tracy, you've seen the video. How many times did I knock on that door? I know. You did. You did. He's going to come out there like, what, 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 what's going on? Oh. <laughs> That's okay. amazing. That would have woke me like, what the hell was yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Maybe they were like turning the balls up. I don't know. Or tired from work. Right. Yeah. You're tired from work. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that's truly amazing. Y'all wish, all y'all wish your lives... For someone that's not your color. Color wasn't a factor. At all. For one, we didn't know. And right. for two, it doesn't matter anyway, even if we did know. And then and then with y'all, like I say, you 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 coming from chasing mode to rescue mode. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that, that's hard to do. The way to think of it, Tracy, is this. When we go shoot quali- quals for you know qualifying with our firearms, what color is the target? White. And green. And green. Mm-hmm. We don't have black men standing there. We don't have white men standing there. I thought y'all had black men. No. I thought the white officer had black men and the white black officer had a white men. That ain't true. No. Tracy, oh, Tracy, my, my bad. On. <laughs> Come on, That's a little jokey joke. <laughs> but, yeah, you, you got a good point there. I we're, mean, we're not trained to go for color. True. Even even the dummy that you just described that we had to drag. It, it was orange. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We're not trained to look at that. We were trained to save that person's life or to safely police the public, basically. Right. Public safety is it. Mm -hmm. On TV, you see a lot of cop shows, I know a lot of people look at, where the police will shoot the defendant and run to him and call 911 and try to save him. But y'all did that in real life. That's crazy. I would like to say something. the public or Americans or citizens or people on the outside, that that is something we have to do. Be open-minded and understand that, like Mason said, they're not trained to look at color or race. or anything. They're trained to save lives and police the public. And we have to be open-minded enough to understand that what media does to us, what television does to us, and what's real in real life. Great point. Let's just say this. ninety-nine. I will say 99% of law enforcement wants voluntary compliance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We want voluntary compliance. If we don't have to interact with anybody in the public, we're not going to. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, if we don't have to interact with them, think about it. Think about what I just said. Right. If they didn't cause us to interact with them, mm-hmm. we'd be sitting in our car. <laughs> Bored for the day, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really, we'd be sitting in our car, we'd be riding around, right, trying to find somebody mm-hmm. that causes us to interact with them. Mm-hmm. Good point. The first tier of use of force is always officer presence. Us just riding around—that's that's that deters a lot. It does. I agree. I right, so, so 
the woman that you saved us, do you feel like she's thankful? Do you feel like she's grateful? Did you give her a ticket? She, she failed to maintain lane. I'm just saying. Well, it was outside my jurisdiction, so I couldn't give her a ticket anyway. Okay. 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 All right, all but right. I don't know if she's grateful or not. There's, I don't care about that. She can still hate the police. If it happened again, I'm still going to do my job and get her out of the car. I never talked to her after it happened. They say she lived within Auburn. I've never seen her a day in my life. Even to now, I don't know who she is. So she hadn't come back to the police station like, oh, oh what a little black boy that saved me. She, she could have, but I don't know. Okay. Okay. All right, Zach and, and Mason, the two guys, for them to start out criminally, and then end up had to be saved by y'all, do y'all think that they're, they're thankful? Because they really should be. Well, sorry. That's your opinion. No, nah, that's a fact. If you want, if you want the they would have burned up. That's want, a fact. If you want the honest truth, I'll tell you. I'm listening. Obviously, I'm sure they're thankful to be alive. Okay, I would hope. I, agree. I would hope so. Mm-hmm. I would hope so. But the moment, but I will say this: I got information several months later that the one that I pulled out had stolen another car and had ran from the police again. See that that shit I'm talking about. <laughs> that's about the now, does that matter to me? No, it doesn't matter to me because I, I, would, I wouldn't change what I did, and I know Mason wouldn't change what he did, mm-hmm. even if we had the forethought to know that that was going to happen. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter because even still, no one deserves to die for something like that, and nobody deserves to die the way that they could have. Yeah, but that's, that's to burn alive. Okay, because I, I, I personally had experience with that too. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. No one deserves to die that way. Do I think they're thankful to be alive? Yeah, I think they're thankful to be alive. I do. Yeah. Yes, sir. I'm hoping that later in their life, because we are talking about people that are very young, I'll put it that way, hoping that later in their life they will grow up and remember that and remember that night and think, man, I was stupid, <laughs> and, and, and maybe learn from it. Yeah, yeah, I don't have that much faith in people, but I hear you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to have that much faith yeah, in people. I hear you. I hear you. So, Buster, you, you got put on TV. How did that happen? Did, did you call them and tell them, look, look what I did? No, nah, <laughs> we had an incident happen with another officer in Auburn, and I don't know how his body camera got broadcast, but... <coughs> They saw that, and then they saw my body camera and wanted to interview me. Okay. All right. And for amazing as that, y'all haven't got no kind of exposure yet, right? No. You heard what I said, right? No exposure yet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> I promise you that. It's coming because it needs to be shown. Yeah. It really does. <clears throat> it needs to be shown. What people don't realize about us also is we don't go out looking for that. Right. The main thing that I know myself and Zach has been in is Madison County paper or Clark County paper. That's mm-hmm. it. Right. Does not change how we do our job. We don't go in at the end of the day be like, all right, what can I do to get on TV? Right. It's no. not how we it works. For fame. We'd rather not be famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we want to be in the shadows. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're there when you call us. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I, mean, I hate call. people walking up to me. Oh, you the guy on body cam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? How you doing? I just, it's not my personality. Right. I'd rather, like you said, be in the shadow. I mean, it's I'm a, Batman. It, it has to be a cool experience, though. But it's not. I mean, <laughs> I mean think, think about it. Now, 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 I don't really care one way or the other if we ever get recognized for anything that we ever do. Okay, that's not why I got into law enforcement, right. not for recognition or, or, or 
public approval of, of yeah, me. Yeah. Okay, right. that's not what I it's not what I got into law enforcement for. I told you what I got into law enforcement for, mm -hmm. and that's to save lives from DUI drivers. Yes. Okay. But the idea of what Buster got to do and got recognized, that's great. It is great. Because that's stuff that the public does need to see. There you go. Absolutely. There you go. It's and it's a cool experience. I, yeah, I agree. But I mean, now, if, if me and Mason, if that never happens for us or anyone else that ever does anything, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But it's a cool experience. And the public should know about stuff like this. Yeah. I think it's good for the department and police officers as a whole. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, you said it's a cool experience, but I just still, to this day, I'd rather not do it. I just, okay. I'm not that big into interviews and want to talk to people and show my, because they would ask me all kind of, how did you feel? Did it make you cry? I'm not into my emotions like that, so I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but, You're not willing to be that vulnerable. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah they kept trying to pull that out of me. But it, it, it did look good for these two guys. It looked good for the America. And it, it looked, looked good for your dad. I was smiling like hell. Yeah, for me. I appreciate it. I, I was like, my chest will look. Tell your son, you damn right there, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that shout out. I watched it. <laughs> hey, he got me into it, so I had to had to pay homage. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that so much because that as a dad and two of y'all know how it feels to be a father. As a dad, that, that's a proud moment when you when you see you. Now I didn't want you to go into law enforcement. That pissed me. That, that, I know. that pissed me off. I mean, I didn't want that at all. I hear that Tuesday. Exactly. <laughs> but you, you are there, and for you making a, making a difference. In the world for a dad, that that's a great feeling. That's that's, I, you know, I I watched that and I got teary eyed watching it. I ain't no punk, but I got no, teary eyed watching it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, I, I got a little teary eyed about it. My, my boy shouting out to me and stuff. It made me feel great. Uh, but I watched it and then I got to thinking that damn car could have blew up and my boy been gone. Then I got pissed. His sergeant when he when my son went to Auburn to work. Me and his sergeant had a, a phone. I, I called him and told him, look, I want him on your shift and you better look out for my boy. You kind of selfish. <laughs> I don't give a damn. Yeah, I am. Kinda, I'm like, I want him. You kind of selfish. You right. I want now, him was you on that sergeant shift when this happened? Yes. Exactly. If you would have done that, what would have been the outcome of the situation? Would there have been somebody else closer or close enough? Or a different shift? <laughs> Think about how the outcomes of things that's work. That's a good point, Mason. That's a great point because, yeah, if I hadn't done that, that poor one would have died, Mason. You're you right. You are so right because somebody else on the shift might not. Like, no, I went on the, I went on the fire truck. Yeah, because, because or my sergeant, the window got busted because he kicked through. And, and and I love the fact when my sergeant made a made an ass out of my son. He like, go ahead and tell the fire truck where we at. Dude, all that big ass fire. Yeah, I ain't thinking about that. But you know what I'm saying? I, I love when he did that because he, he showed me that I'm going to take care of your boy like I said I would. And then time my son ran to the road, boom. You know, he looked back like, oh, what the fuck is that? The tire blew up. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Those so, guys don't look at the explosion. You know this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I, I really appreciate Underwood for what he did, and he just to me he showed me you know I'm looking after your boy. I, I appreciate it so much, and I appreciate what y'all done because that, that's what it's all about. Y'all didn't y'all don't wake up in the morning like who I'ma kill, and I don't think no cop now out of eight hundred thousand cops, I would say maybe twenty, not twenty thousand, but twenty might wake up like I'ma kill me a nigga today. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm gonna give me a cracker today. I don't know. You know, you, you you never know what's in people's head. You don't. But I I love law. I, I love it to to my to my core. And I'ma always believe that out of eight hundred thousand law enforcement, seven hundred nine seven hundred ninety nine thousand are good people. 
I'm going to believe that, whether I'm wrong or not, because I believe in my people. It's the, it's the, yeah, that's my people. It's the biggest game. Law enforcement is the biggest game in America. Because we, when we see each other, that's, that's a brotherhood. Like, what's up? We, we were, now, tell me if I'm wrong or right. Amount of color to I'm going to say exactly. <laughs> if, 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 Zach, if you're driving down the street and, and you off duty, and you and your good can go out there to a party down in Florida, and you see this cop in trouble, what you going to do? I'm going to stop and help. You damn right. Mason, you and your girl up in New York. And y'all, y'all can get on the train in New York, and you see this cop, two guys doing something to the cop, beating him up. What you going to do? The well, first thing is I'm never going to be in New York. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was wondering why he sent you there. If I'm never going to be in New York. But in the off chance that I am, <laughs> yes, you're right. It's a brotherhood. I'm going to get out, and I'm going to protect my brother exactly. or sister, however it is. Exactly. The best way to explain this, and I've explained it to other people in public before, Yes, we are a brother and sisterhood. We are the biggest gang in America. But at the end of the day, we're also people. Yes. Yes. I, I share an experience with four out of the five people at this table because every one of us has dealt with similar situations that we can relate to. Mm-hmm. I, from that night, me and Zach had a bond that nobody else would probably be able to share. Amen. That, Absolutely. That, that one call. Amen. I can <laughs> go to Zach and be like, Hey, this is weighing on my mind about this night, yep. and he will understand. And and if I remember correctly, after when we got back to the station that night, I know you've seen your share of stuff. I've seen my share of stuff. But do you remember what I said to you? We stood outside the sheriff's office, and this is back when I was still smoking heavy, Tracy. I'm glad you, you stopped, Zach. Uh-huh. Hell, not completely. I, I still vape. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But I remember standing outside, and I asked you if you were okay. Correct. Because you, this is a, a brotherhood, a sisterhood. we yes. got to watch out for each other. And stuff like that can mess you up. I agree. It yeah. really can. So, speaking of mess you up, did either one of y'all need help after that fact? Did y'all need to talk to a preacher, a counselor, or anything? No. It's not something that I go out and seek for outsiders' help because what do they know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. What does that person outside of this circle know about the situation when I have somebody that I'm actually close to that was there. Good point. Yeah, I can talk to my dad. So, yeah. We don't seek, well, like you said, we don't really seek outside help. Yeah. So I'm looking up this this on Statista, Mm -hmm. and if you're really interested to know exactly how many law enforcement officers there are in the country as of 2020, it was 696,644. That number wow. is dropping. That, that number in 2000. Oh, and, that, and that was in 2020. Mm-hmm. In 2008, it was 720,886. Mm. So why do you think you're about a jumping ship? Because mm. of the media. It's, it get, it's getting hostile. The way of the world is today, technology and so forth, and, yeah, the media. I'm, now, that's probably who goes out to like gain these stories they have a different put a twist on for their yeah, ratings for their ratings yeah but it's affecting we have everybody. we have way more positive encounters than we do negative exactly but they don't go for the positive right they go for the negativity which is human nature yeah. we like negativity we mm-hmm. go see scary movies we go on rides that scare us we like stuff like uh, that uh, america mm-hmm. likes that hype the drama. The, the yeah, drama. drama. That's the word I'm looking for. The underdog. The whatever. Yeah. Yep. So true. So true. So that, that's why I can't really get upset. I didn't sign up to say, oh, man, I hate the media. The media has a job. I have a job. Just continue to do what I do, what I was trained to do. Mm-hmm. Everything going to work out. Yep. 
I like that. Okay. Thank you, Buster. I would love to see what the statistics are right now on how many officers there are in the country right. as of this year. I know in Georgia it dropped 10,000. I just looked it up. See, we're in a dangerous situation. We really are. If you think about it, you got – and I'm not talking about the citizens of the, of the country. I'm talking about when, you, when you're looking at higher up like media or government. When you got people like that that are starting to turn their back <laughs> on the military – public safety as a whole, fire, EMS, law enforcement, how long is it going to be before those those service, mem- those service members decide to say the heck with it? And you can see those numbers right now dropping the way that they are. It's starting to happen. We're right on the edge of that. Yeah. That's a little scary. That's, that's dangerous. You really think it's scary. It's mm-hmm. scary. Because mm-hmm. there's nobody signing up to be a cop. You're right. You don't get paid enough. No, no. Yeah. And the they're people, hiring and, everyone. And some of the people, yeah. and some of the people that are in law, most of the people that are in law enforcement, are waiting on that day to retire, or waiting on that day to get out, <laughs> right. waiting on that next opportunity to get a higher paying job that, that you might, you know, not get killed at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or sitting in prison for doing your yeah, job. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I'll get to sit. You're right. I'll get to sit in prison doing your job. You're right. right. I'm gonna be honest. Like I have a part time job. I know a lot of officers have part times. You have to. Right. <laughs> I get paid more at my part-time job than I do working for Madison County. Yes, that's crazy to me. But, and my boss over there, he's always come work for me full-time. I can't because this is my calling in life. This is my selfless act in life. Law enforcement, law, uh, law enforcement, fire, and EMS is all selfless acts, types of jobs. It's hard, it's hard to let it go. It I mean, is. It's, it's who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for y'all young fool. Y'all can say that. Shit, it ain't hard for me to let it go. <laughs> I'm telling you now. I mean, I don't make so it. I'm back in it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a point. Uh, I'm I'm out of, but I'm back in it. But I work for the DA's office, and the prosecution side is lovely. I I could I could die here. It's it's great. But every once in a while, I do miss the little feel that we get from the road. So yeah, I work part time just for that feel. But then I get mad when I get there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, a, a call will come out. A uh, little dumbass call. The kids call it all the worst for me. Yeah, they they want to right. I, I want to lock the parent up so badly, but we we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> but we gave it the end this episode. I, I appreciate y'all spending the time here and explaining y'all experience, which was a great experience. And if you want to see those videos, check out Chin Wagon with Ruck Facebook page. I will put a link. On my Facebook page, Chin Wagon with Rock, click on that link and you will see these videos. And you need to do so because there's something to see. They really are. With that said, Zach. Sir. What you want to say before we sound off? I've, en- I've enjoyed this. I really have. And what I would tell anybody that's listening to this, educate yourself in- with law enforcement, Okay. If you have an opportunity to talk to a law enforcement officer out in the public, talk to them. Pick their brain. Google is a great tool. But don't believe everything you read. No. I'm talking about look up the official. If you're in Georgia, look up the official code of Georgia, OCGA, and type in anything you want on justified.com. Or I think that's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And you can look up every code section in that book and study it. Know the law. And you'll know what we deal with on a day-to-day basis. And if you know what the law is, then... You won't have to worry about interacting with law enforcement in a negative way. <laughs> well but said, y'all be well safe. Said. Well said. 
Buster slash Breon. Do not drink and drive. <laughs> Come on, DJ, I got. To my younger crowd, marijuana will impair you. I know we're getting to the point where it may be legal, which just means it's going to be more impaired drivers out there. Weed does impair you. Just be careful. Okay. Mason, the youngster of the group. Yes, I'm the youngster of the group. But <laughs> remember that we're all people also. Behind the badge, behind the vest, behind the gun, we still are people. We do make mistakes. But don't let that affect everybody that you come across in law enforcement. We all have families. We all have our own problems that we have to deal with outside of law enforcement. But that does not defy who we are as a group. Well said. Well Perfect. said. Day to day. Stay open-minded and, yeah, remember that law enforcement are people as well. Okay. Well, I, I got a little something to say. Now, BLM versus ALM. That that bothered me to the fullest. I'm I'm a black guy, in case you didn't know, because some folks think I say I'm white, <laughs> but I am a black guy. And you gotta see your, you gotta hear yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta hear yourself. And all lives matter to me. I, I, it doesn't matter what color you are. You 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 God's creation, and yeah, I do believe in God. I know a lot of people don't, but you God's creation, and all lives matter. So it kind of upset me to see my black race thinking or protesting like only the black lives matter uh, don't kill my black kids raise your damn kids then maybe they don't want to get killed or shot because it's all about respect it's all about doing what you're supposed to do when an authority figure is presence it's real simple you get pulled over by the cop do what you're supposed to do don't sit there and be out there arguing and reaching and stuff we don't know what you hell you're reaching for so we know we want to go home too we got families loving like mason said we're human behind that badge we're not robots we want to go home too so if you act accordingly, then you get treated accordingly. It's so simple, so easy. We don't wake up wanting to kill someone. We don't wake up wanting to treat someone badly. We wake up to live. We go to work to come back home. Like 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 your loved one that got killed, they wanted to come home. We want to come home too. It's real simple. Didn't mean to go on that rant, but like I said, I'm passionate about the law. And I'm thankful to you guys to share their experience. And once again... Chin Wagon with Ruck Facebook page. The link will be on there. And leave your comments, whatever you think about it, whether bad or good. Just leave one. From the mind, to the lips, to the heavens. Until next time, peace from the heart. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you?